This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Here's the pitch to Gable, touchdown Eskimos. He'll protect for Riley as he steps up and throws and he's going to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. And Zilstra with the reception, and the Eskimos have come all the way back to take the lead. He drops back, looks to the far side, and throws, and it's picked off. It bounced, and the Eskimos have it, and it looks like it's going to go all the way to the other end. Chris Edwards with a touchdown, Eskimos. 42-24. The Eskimos have ended the misery after six straight losses. They're back in the win column and back in a tie for third place in the CFL. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eskimos Coaches Show. Morley Scott, along with the head coach of the Eskimos, Jason Moss, highlights that end in a win for the first time in a while. The Eskimos come out on the right end of the scoreboard yesterday in Montreal, 42-24 was the final score. A six-game losing streak is over. Oh, but the Eskimos did it in true Eskimo fashion for this year. They did not do it the easy way. To talk more about the game and look ahead to uh, this weekend against Toronto, we say good evening to head coach Jason Moss, how are you, Coach? Doing great, thanks. Uh, is there a sense of relief that the that the losing streak is over and you get things turned around a little bit yesterday in Montreal? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if sense of relief is the exact word, but it definitely feels good to be on the better side of things again. Um, I felt like, if anyone's listened to me talk, I felt like we've been playing good football the last while. Um, not good enough to win, but good football. And I thought finally... Uh, with some bad adversity early in the game, we uh, didn't take no for an answer and just kept plugging away and and got on a streak there. And then we were hard to stop at the end and came out with the victory. And it was a huge, uh, huge deal uh, to get that win. Horrible start. Two and out offensively to start. The block punt, the L score, touchdown, a couple more fumbles. Uh, Stewart scores TD. Uh, Big return by Logan, all mixed in there. Everything that possibly could go wrong seemed to go wrong in the early going, and you're down 15 nothing, 12 nothing, five minutes in. What was what kind of feeling did you get on the bench at that point? Uh, to be quite honest with you, I didn't see anybody on our bench panic one bit. Um, you know, a little shock, I guess, that could set in. But at the end of the day, our guys were focused. They were positive on the sidelines. Uh, I think we all realized there was a lot of game left. Uh, the conditions weren't going to get any better, and we just had to hunker down and and uh, start doing uh, taking care of the ball a little bit better and uh, just focus a little bit harder. And I think uh, that's what you saw happen. I think guys just rallied around one another, 
and you know one good play another followed by another good play and all of a sudden we're back in it and then we just just didn't stop after that I mean to be down all that momentum early in a game and then to go back and take a lead at halftime was a big deal and I think it's obviously what helped propel us to a victory yeah and pretty impressive uh, everybody seemed pretty calm just the way I, I just thought it was terrific the way they just brought the game back slowed everything down and just just went out and just kept chipping away the rest of the first yeah half. I think at the end of the day I mean that's what football is about I mean not everything goes your way it's how you deal with a little bit of adversity here and there and trust me there was a ton of it early in that game and um, that's what I love about our team and I told them I was extremely proud of them after the game for dealing with that kind of thing any team that any team that's lost six could get down like that with that rain coming down and you don't feel like you, you know it's your day I mean I didn't sense it I didn't feel it on the sidelines that people were giving up or anything like that I felt like guys were just like I said refocused re-energized helping each other out, encouraging one another, and then really just going out there and just playing better football. And uh, ultimately, that's what uh, helped helped us, uh, helped our cause. Uh, the rain was bad. We had rain up in the booth. We're standing in puddles. We're, we're afraid of electrocution at some point in the afternoon. Yeah. What was it like down on the field? Uh, was it, it as bad as it, it appeared? Yeah, Watching I, on TV again today, just, it just, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the, I mean, the thing that people don't, I guess, realize is as football players, you don't play in the rain all the time. Unless you live in, I went to school at Oregon, and we practiced yeah. in the rain quite a bit. But uh, you very rarely play in, play in bad, bad weather. And uh, I think the last time Edmonton played in probably one like this was in Ottawa, um, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah. So it's not like we practice in it all the time. So when it happens, and it was bad, it was coming down, it was not stopping. It was like that pregame. So anytime you went out to warm up, you were dealing with it. Um, and that, not to say that's an excuse for a professional athlete not to be able to perform well in it, but it does take some getting used to. And, uh, you know, I thought our guys uh, did a better job as the game went on, but it was bad. It was one of the, the worst, you know, rain games I've, I've been a part of. Um, but uh, obviously, at the end of the day, you can still do your job, and it just takes a little adjusting to it. Yeah, rain games are fun when you win them, right? You, you remember them differently. I know uh, the Eskimos had a real bad one, too, in Guelph in 2013, which was just a horrible rainstorm that uh, that afternoon as well. But you you look back on it differently when you win the game. It, it, it's kind of fun to take part in those games. Yeah, I think it's fun regardless, to be yeah. quite honest with you. I think it is it is what it is. It's your, your mindset going into a rain game is what really ultimately uh, makes the game positive or not, to be quite honest with you. I think when you don't let the weather affect you mentally physically it's different and you have to learn how to deal with it and that's like i said that's part of adjusting as the game goes on because it's hard to emulate that in practice all the time um a full speed and all that that's coming at you but i think mentally not getting down and and not worrying about it is what you know first has to happen so um i thought our guys like i said just did a good job adjusting to it it did get a little bit lighter as the game went wore on but at the beginning of it, it was definitely affected the game. I, I know I'm the same way. I imagine I know players are, are that way, and I imagine when you move into the coaching ranks, you're the same way. You're, you're creatures of habit on game day. You want to do everything the same way all the time. But when it's raining, you can't. Like I mean, just for us in the booth, we couldn't put our notes down on the table in front of us because it was too wet. Uh, there's just certain things you can't do, and that you got to wrap your mind around that and, and say, okay, you got to fight through it. Somehow. Yeah, I think when it's a game like that, I think Mike and I talked about it today, and and he just and I did the same thing. I went out and warmed up. And I I don't usually warm up before a game, but I want to go out and let the guys know, like, look, it's just rain. You got to go yeah. out and deal with it. And I wanted to kind of get a sense of what our players would feel like through the game. So I went out there for an hour and threw the ball around with our guys. And uh, Mike just said it best, I thought, and it's something to learn from. And he said, you know, when you go in a game like that, that you know it's not going to stop, 
What's the difference? If you get wet at the beginning, you're going to stay wet the whole time. It's not yeah. like you know the game is going to stop right when the game starts and it's stop in the second quarter it's supposed to, so you'll be able to dry off. He said, you know, I was going to get wet prior to it anyway, so I wanted to stay in my same routine. And other guys didn't. Other guys yeah. let it affect their routine. And I think at the end of the day, that's what all of us can learn from. And don't let it affect your routine. Go out and do the same thing and deal with it. And I think the easier, the better you deal with it early, the, the better off you're going to be at the end. Yeah, was, you can tell it's better at the end. Guys are putting their gloves back on, and it was kind of back to normal a little bit. But I guess that was, I know we were talking to Zilstra on the post game show, and he said that was his biggest decision. He, he went out and fielded a couple of punts early and said, I got to take the gloves off because it's not just not going to work. Yeah, and I think, you know, he talked to Carson too, and I think he made it pretty known that what he did in his pregame routine was to go out and catch a lot of balls without his gloves. It's the first time he's not worn gloves yeah. in his career. And he just went out there and figured out what it was going to take in that game to catch every ball, how he was going to catch them. I mean, uh, so he caught a lot of balls with his body in that game, but he figured out when he was warming up that it was going to be hard to catch them with his, all of them with his hands. So any chance he got to protect the ball with his body, he was going to do it. I have pretty good hands, and I, I you know, with a – with guys throwing the ball at me, I dropped four balls, and I don't generally. I get pissed off if I drop anything, yeah. and I dropped four, and it was just from a la- just a split second lack of focus. The ball slips right through your hands. So you get the first two series for both teams, you yeah, can see the balls it, are falling all over the it's place. A, it was amazing. That's what I when I say that it was bad. It was bad. it was bad. Like I said, I've dealt with rain being in Oregon for five years from October first through April. It did nothing but rain there, and we practiced in it every day. So I got used to being in the rain. But uh, it's still, that's what it takes. It takes some getting used to, and we don't get to practice in it very often. First game Brandon Zilstra played without gloves on. It's also the first game he had 200 yards uh, in his career. So I imagine someone's got to hide the gloves this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure he, I guarantee you this, he'll feel differently about ever playing in the rain again. Uh, no matter what his mindset was going in, he'll have a positive vibe the next time he plays in the rain. Um, now he's played in a, you know, a complete snow game in Ottawa and played extremely well in that. And then obviously he can play in the rain play in the rain as well so obviously weather does not affect him cj gable comes as advertised other than uh again talk about scripting bad starts he had a bad uh bad first touch uh that went the other way for six but uh, 111 yards a couple of touchdowns uh and a big part i thought of slowing the game down when, when you started running them and giving them the football he really helped to kind of get everyone back uh in, you know and uh, get everything under control. Yeah, I mean, the first carry, I mean, he's protecting it as about as good as you can. The ball's in his opposite hands. He lowers his shoulder, protected it even more. I mean, stuff like that just happens. And, um, you know, what I loved about it is our sideline after that happened, there's about five or six guys that went up to him, told him, no problem, we'll get it back. His very next carry, it's a tough carry, and he gets about eight yards on it, and there's major contact there, and he doesn't even look like he's thinking twice about ball security. He's just naturally doing it the right way. And uh, to watch him rebound from it, get 111 yards, says a lot about our O-line for the fourth guy now to go over 100 yards, but for CJ to do it after that start in the pouring rain, um, tremendous debut and everything like you said is advertised is what he showed. His two touchdowns that he scored, they're not plays we've seen a lot from the Eskimos this year and you talk about adding another weapon, I guess he opens up a little bit of the playbook to to add some things in with him? Yeah, I mean when you look at football, you look at what teams are doing and when we looked at what their defense was giving up in the red zone, we decided to scheme a couple plays up. Um, You know, that's just what coaches do. They look at a lot of film and figure out weakness and try to exploit it. And we felt like those two plays were going to be successful if they gave us the defense that, you know, uh, 
statistically they showed they were playing and they happened to be playing both those defenses and Mike made the correct reads on both of them and obviously CJ was the recipient of both touchdowns because of it so they were both well executed plays on everyone's parts um, you know and like I said when you know we design plays as coaching staff you know that's what you're looking for but you ultimately it's up to the players to make it finally happen and they did a great job of executing it there at the end. 42-24, the Eskimos beat the Alouettes in Montreal yesterday afternoon. Uh, the uh, end the six-game losing streak moved to eight and six, tied for third place with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Just a reminder, Saturday, the Eskimos host the Toronto Argonauts. It's a five o'clock start. We've got the pregame show for you at 3.30. It is the pink game on Saturday. Brett Kissel will perform at halftime. Uh, and also of note, the Eskimos have invited every member of the Edmonton Police Service to the game. Uh, they'll be honored for what they do for each and every one of us every day. There will also be a special ceremony to honor all the officers that were very much involved in the terrible incident during the Eskimos last home game around Commonwealth Stadium and in the downtown area. So uh, uh, be sure to uh, get on your feet and make sure you uh, show some appreciation for the Edmonton Police Service at the game on Saturday. Uh, All your ticket information available at the Eskimos website. Five o'clock, the Argos and the Eskimos on Saturday. We'll take a break. Be back with more. It's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. My name is Morley Scott. It is 746 on 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Got about six or seven minutes left with the coach here uh, this evening. 42-24, the Eskimos beat the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, before we go any further, Jason, let's talk about penalties. I mean, uh, four for 25, That's I believe that's your best game of the year so far. Penalties. I know you had a couple that were uh, that were declined, but you must be pretty happy with yeah, that. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, we won the turnover battle and we won the penalty battle, which is our keys to victory. So we're channeling in the right direction there. Um, our, our turnover ratio, we're up to fourth, I believe, in the league. And penalties per average we're still at the bottom but we're yards wise we're about seventh right now so you know we're definitely uh, going in the right direction uh which is something i know you and the players been really working hard on the last yeah month no or so we have we've been really focused on it we know it's a, it affects ball games uh, we talked about at the beginning of the year the team that finishes ninth in both of those the last two years last three years actually has finished last in the league and right now montreal alouettes are number nine in turnover ratio and if you look at yards on -hmm. penalties they're number nine as well so that plays into kind of what we preach is you want to be the best at that and right now that's where we're focused on James Franklin came into the game in the fourth quarter uh, at quarterback. Uh, you took Mike Riley out. Injury-related? Any performance-related uh, No, it was a little bit of both. I mean, uh, you know, he was missing some things, you know, late in the game where he missed one throw in particular that I wasn't sure if it was performance or injury-related. I know he was limping a little bit. And when I saw that one, you know, we had talked early in the game that if if something were to happen in the game, you know, we, were, we had no problems going with James at any point to change some things up. And so I thought that was a good time to to see if he could he could get it done and um, obviously with Mike limping a bit there I you know and James going in I wasn't just going to give him one series after the second series he kind of drove us down there and scored and I felt good about going with him the rest of the game and kind of keeping Mike away from 
himself basically because you know how Mike is Mike will play through anything and do anything but at that point I felt like James could get the job done and finish it out what you did and you said you talked to Mike today everything's okay for Saturday yeah he'll be fine uh, he'll be ready to go and you look for nothing but what he usually does in games and plays at a high level so that's what we're expecting out of him each and every week uh, Darius Bowman uh, give me your thoughts on him uh, he had a couple of targets no catches it's been a while since he had a game where Darius Bowman doesn't catch a football he just doesn't seem to be the same guy since he's returned from injury yeah I don't know if it's you know we we try to target we try to you know we, we do a good job I feel like as a staff trying to figure out how to get all of our players balls and what people don't understand I mean everyone just looks at the targets and looks at the fact he doesn't catch balls there's still plays that are being called where he's the focal point of it um, you know for instance the last throw that Mike makes you know one of those throws is is for Darius and we throw it in the dirt right in front of him um, you know but there's other throws that were intended for him that the defense just does a good job now whether they're covering him or not is two things it's they cover not cover him necessarily by man to man it could just be a zone that they take away um, and so that's more of what you've been seeing for the last three or four games out of him um, so I don't know that the opportunities are coming his way and when they are you know he's do- doing the most that he can with it it's just there's not probably as many as what people are used to seeing with the Darius because um, you know last year for instance we had him and Darrell who were the focal point of their offense and this sure you got about four guys that are trying to spread the ball around to uh, with other good targets around that even and so um, you know it's not necessarily all on Nadarius as far as his production being down um, it's more on what defenses are doing and the fact that we're able to move guys around and put different people in positions but I can tell you this we do it we do one of those jobs we do as coaches it's each and every week is try to get the targets that we're going to go into a game evened out between certain players and he's always a focal point in that it just so happens you know the last few weeks now I hope everyone sleeps on a Darius I really do because when you sleep on a Darius he's just going to come through big time and I'm not going to be one at all surprised all right, Toronto Argonauts coming up on Saturday, a team that got the better of you a few weeks ago in Toronto. A team ran the ball, terrific. Wilder had a fantastic game in that game. What's your approach to doing things correctly against the Argos this week? Yeah, obviously it probably starts with our defense stopping the run. We know they're going to be a physical offense, going to try to, to establish that. So we've got to be gap sound, tackle well, um, You know, whether we stunt or blitz a little bit differently uh, for running the, for the run game you know, remains to be seen but we'll definitely that'll be a focal point in any game you always say you want to make a team one-dimensional well taking away their run would be big uh then they have a hall of fame quarterback that plays with them so you know you pick your poison there but i feel like our pass defense is always up to snuff we've been we're number one rated in that in the whole season so we know what we're doing there um you know special teams and offense we got to do our jobs and we got we got to make an impact on the game so um on both both of those units um you know if we can do that you know, we'll, we'll come out on the better end of it, and that's what we're focused on doing. I know you're good friends with Ricky. Do you, do you enjoy games against him? I do. I mean, you know, obviously. He's a fun a, guy to watch. Play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't necessarily like watching him play against us ever, <laughs> um, but, you know, I do enjoy watching, you know, the best guys play. And, uh, you know, we always want success against him, obviously, and, and hit him as much as we can. Um, but, obviously, you know, what I've always said about coaching or playing – when you separate yourselves from 
your friends, you only when you play against them, you get to see them twice a year. So anytime I get to see Ricky, it's it's always a good thing. Um, just hope it comes out in the better end of one for us. All right, uh, Coach, thanks for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, good practice week this week. Good luck to you on Saturday. Thank you. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss will be back next week. It's election day next week. Coverage will start at 8 o'clock here on 630 Chad, so the coaches still, will still go 730 till 8 uh, on Monday night next week as we move back to Mondays. Uh, Eskimos and Argos, uh, 330 for the countdown to kickoff, 5 o'clock for the kickoff from the Rick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Have a great night, everybody. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.